Don't you take this out on me. I'm on your side. No, you're not. I you're kept not. my mouth shut because no, I wanted you to... you haven't kept your mouth shut. No, you haven't kept your mouth shut. Okay, I told you, and I was right. I mean, he's done an insane thing. You don't know this, ma'am. What he did is criminal. Margot, I can't. It's pedophilia. Get out. Becky and I talk about you, about what a monster you are. Is it because Mom gave me the house? We've been talking about you. Becky can't stand you. What? Becky says you have borderline personality disorder. What are you saying? Can't I have anything? What was I thinking? I can't have anything. I let you in. God damn, dude, you're such an asshole. You hate me. You're such a fucking asshole. Get out of me, fucking ass. Get out. I don't recognize you. It's like you're channeling someone. Cinema 9 Podcast. Welcome in. I'm Michael Govier. All your hosts are here, as per usual. Travis Roy and Eric Branstrom. Travis, what's cooking in Philly? Hey, hey, hi. I'm here. I'm just hanging out in Philadelphia. How's everybody doing? You sound great, man. You sound, you sound like you're really healthy. Something's changed. Something about oh, you's changed. I don't know what it is, but you sound good. I'm glad to hear it. Um, you know what's changed is I got a new microphone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you spoiled it. I thought maybe you'd be like, yeah, well, you know, I went to the doctor and <laughs> Yeah, who cares? You're right. Travis sounds great, doesn't he, audience? And mm. speaking of sounding great, Eric Branstrom in the his house from Griffith, Indiana. Remember Skate Ulrich? Of course. <laughs> I was watching Scream a few nights ago, and he's really uh, entertaining in that film. So uh, I wonder where he's been. I, I like doing as good as uh, it gets. That's exactly what I was just going to say. Yep. As good as it gets, where he plays uh a kind of a hooker who feels bad but in the end he does things anyways <laughs> he, he was, that... i believe he was a hooker with a heart of gold in that one <laughs> i believe is how you define that a, anything with the heart of gold makes me laugh but. oh yeah <laughs> well, this, is, this is the podcast with the heart of gold it's a cinnamon eye podcast today we've got another menu of appetizers entrees and of course dessert and what we have on tap if you don't want to have a cold one yeah. It's Margo at the Wedding. That'll be the focus of today's episode. Margo at the Wedding, 2007. Shit, seven. 
You know what happens? <laughs> I want to make this now because I'm going to do this maybe more than once. I always mix up Margo at the wedding with Rachel getting married. Oh, with, uh, they both came out at the same time. Dude, that's exactly my problem. Like, I literally thought that I had seen this movie before. The reason I'd never watched it before is because I love Rachel getting married. I've seen it a bunch of times. And yeah. somewhere in there, I convinced myself that I'd seen Margo at the wedding. And <laughs> That's, that's why I was worried when you said this, because I thought we were talking about Rachel getting married, which I hate. So I'm like, oh, no, we're not going to. Oh, oh, it's the other one. Oh, so you went for this fun fest instead. So, oh, oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> save the goodies for later, folks. We're going to talk about Margot at the wedding and find out, does it hold up? But in the meantime, we're going to open the show with a delightful new segment, and it's called Movie Jail. And make your case. We are defendants for movies. We are here to make our case for a movie. So each one of us is going to statement, opening statements, share our case, give you some briefs, and try to get these movies out of what is generally perceived by the public as movie jail. And then, of course, as always, we'll close the show with emails and quarantine viewing picks. So, Travis. Yeah. Movie jail. What do you think? You got I something think, uh, lined up for us? I do. And I, I think first, kudos to our co-host, Eric, for basically coming up with this segment last week when he was talking about Heaven's Gate. Absolutely. Um, mm. And I know that both of you uh, predicted uh, that my choice would be um, the film Mordecai, which I will forever be a champion for. I've already championed on this show, and I will champion again on this show. So I figured I'd rather delve into something else. So I, I, I actually did have to kind of like uh, work kind of hard to find something, though, for some reason. I don't know. I, I kind of like all movies or a lot of movies. So I just, I don't know. I, I just was struggling to think of something like, what, what don't people like? What don't people appreciate? Yeah, you don't have guilty pleasures with movies, I don't think. Yeah, really. I, don't, I don't really operate that way most of the time. So I, I, had, I had to really kind of dig deep to see, like, what, what's kind of, you know, underperforming, not, not the classic it should be. And uh, I didn't write down the year for this. I probably should have. Uh, 1991, I think. Um, John Patrick Shanley's Joe oh. versus the Volcano. Oh. I am a huge fan of wow. Joe versus the Volcano. Um, first of all, like this movie was panned when it came out and it didn't really have, it, it never really drummed up like a cult following or anything like that. I mean, it's usually just kind of referenced to like, it's, it's Tom and Meg's first movie and then people kind of move on. So a oh, lot of God. people probably didn't see this movie when it came out. And it's probably for a lot of people just like in the early mid, uh, Hank's career that they kind of missed. Now we haven't talked that much about Tom Hanks on this show, mm -hmm. um, but we should. I mean, I, I am unabashedly a huge fan of his work. I think he's like Capra-esque every man. Like, I think he's like really great Hollywood kind of, um, I don't know. I th I th I I'm a big fan of his work. I, I do think that Forrest Gump is admittedly not aging well. But oh. Tom Hanks here, like years before Castaway, he, he really gets to like uh, show off his chops. And, uh, you know, there's like this moment when he's like looking at the moon, he's like cast out to sea, he's on this raft and he's like dying of uh, like exposure and dehydration and stuff. And like, it's, it's, it's basically Castaway, like almost a decade before he, before he did it. And the movie itself is just like this whimsical fantasy. You know, it's like John Patrick Shanley's done. Now he's more known for like doubt and some pretty heavy stuff. And like the screenplay adaptation, adaptation for Congo, which uh, is weird as fuck. <laughs> oh shit! Um, but this movie is just like this. It's such a. It's a delightful little fantasy. You, you get to see um, a really solid character arc in Tom Hanks. You get to see Meg Ryan play not one, not two, but three different characters. And she, she's a flipper to gibbet. He's a flipper to gibbet. <laughs> I had she, to get that in. Yeah, yeah. 
and she eats up the screen in a, in a fun way. And you get all these other cast members like Lloyd Bridges, Dan Hedaya, Abe the Fish, Vagoda, uh, Nathan Lane pops in there. You got Robert Stack and Ozzie Davis and Amanda Plummer. The list goes on. It's a really solid uh, cast and it's really fun. Who am I? That's the real question, isn't it? Who, who am I? Who are you? What other questions are there? What other questions are there, really? If you, you want to understand the universe, embrace the universe. The, the door to the universe is you. Me? You? Me? You are really intense. Am I? I, I guess I am. I was. What do you mean? I mean, uh, a long time ago. In the beginning, I was full of, you know, piss and vinegar. Nothing got me down. I, I wanted to know. You wanted to know what? Everything! But then I had some experiences. I was talking to this guy today, and he says that I got scared. Scared of what? Have you ever been scared? I guess so, sure. What scared you? A lot of things. At the moment, you scared me a little bit. Me? <laughs> yeah. Why should I scare you? I don't know. There's something going on with you. This morning, you were like a lump. And now you're, uh... How you feel? I feel great. See? You never feel great. No, I never do. <gasps> What's funny? I, I feel great. That is very funny. <laughs> Where are you? I'm right here. I wish I wasn't where you are, Joe. No, you don't. I'm going to make one last suggestion, too. I, I have notifications on for exactly one person on Twitter, and that's for John Patrick Shanley, because he checks in at morning and at night to say good morning and good evening to everybody. And there's easy, it's either like a picture of something beautiful or like him like singing or like this minute-long poem or something. I don't know. It's like checking in with Grandpa, and it's like good for the soul. So if you're a Twitter <laughs> person, I'd recommend following that, too. Wow. Well, I'm not arguing that with you. <laughs> I am not arguing that with you. I know you I can love, do the job, yeah. but can you get the job? Or can get, I love that movie. I love Joe vs. Volcano. I didn't, is Joe vs. Volcano bogus? Is it in movie jail? Or I honestly didn't know that. I mean, it, it, it did not get a great reviews when it came out. It was, it was a bit of a bomb, and it's not really one you hear people talk about in a classic way. I think it's one that, like... Um, I, again, I, you know, maybe I struggle to find something in movie jail. No, no, no. Um, I mean, it's legit. I just don't know. I love that movie. I grew up on it. So it was always a part of me. And Tom Hanks was a comedian really to us mm -hmm. first before he became the guy he is now. Yeah. I think I'm speaking to the people that missed it. The people that, because I imagine if you grew, if you saw it as a kid, you probably watch it more than once and you have an appreciation for it. If you yeah. did not see it, then, then chances are you're missing something special. It's a yeah, terrifically it's offbeat. Uh, you know, he, he was coming off. Well, he was actually coming off Bonfire of the Vanities, so maybe it's like uh, the one-two punch that was just like, you know, what the fuck is going on with Tom Hanks? Because <laughs> no one liked Bonfire of the Vanities, and then he made this, like, I think, like a year after. Oh, well, maybe people were just like, I don't know, just kind of like th really throwing shade at him for a tune prescribed as. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> bring, but, bring yeah, I, I don't know. I, it, it's very weird and offbeat, so I don't know if it did, just didn't connect or what. It's dumped on on IMDb. It's got a 5.8. Wow, that is harsh. You're right. Okay, so maybe I'm just not in touch with the rest of society on this one. So you're, <laughs> you're making a wise choice here. So good call. All right, I stand by it.
Yeah, when I when I worked at Hollywood Video, I used to just play this like I played this and Princess Bride like all day on a loop. <laughs> and then I distinctly remember like one morning I was watching Joe versus the volcano, and it's the part where he's like suck 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 suck, <laughs> and like a mother and her small child came in and were like, "What are you watching?" <laughs> We thought it was something, like something really serious. I'm like, no, 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 look, 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 it's Tom Hanks. Oh, yeah, you could have had clerks on. That would have been a lot worse. Mm. <laughs> All right, so see Joe versus Volcano. Give it a chance. Travis is pushing for it. If you've never seen it, do see it. And if you have seen it and dismissed it, give it another try. What we're trying to do here is give uh, movies lost in the ether one more chance. What about you, Eric? I'm dying to know what you got. <laughs> Unlike Travis, I absolutely deal with a, like absolutes. Like it's either really good or it's fucking terrible. That's just the way my mind operates. Uh, so you know, I was excited about this category because I just get I just get really upset when people just like I do the same thing. But when, but when people <laughs> <laughs> but when people just like trash a movie that I love, I, I just it's hard <laughs> for me to see it both ways. Um, and I, I've always thought this about this film from 2004. Um, and I watched it again a couple of days ago. And I'm convinced that it's actually a really good movie that's been unfairly maligned by the public and critics alike. Alexander? <laughs> it's The Village from 2004. Oh! You guys know this. Oh. I always talk yeah. about The Village. Yeah, yeah. I love The Village. Okay, so let me hear your guys' thoughts on it, maybe. Like, what are you thinking? Like, how does it hold up? I mean, I don't know how well it holds up that because it's been a while since I've seen it. But I, I do remember like my my overall impression of the movie, other than the ending and its kind of like controversy or whatever, um, would be that I remember like, like a really good example of like direction. I, I remember there's there's it keeps on cutting throughout the whole movie. It keeps cutting to this empty chair, and I remember like watching the movie the first time, being like, someone's gonna sit in this fucking chair at some point. Mm. It's not gonna be okay when it does. And yes. and then Adrian Brody does at the end, and, and I like, like there's there's a there's a you know great subtlety to direction there for someone oh, that's God, not necessarily yeah. always known for subtlety. Yep, yep. I mean, it, M Night Shyamalan was Hollywood's golden boy in 2004. The Sixth Sense, Unbreakable, Signs. And, you know, this script was locked in a vault. It was like, you know, Disney just dumped truckloads of money on him to just to pen the screenplay. And then when it was released, audiences were just, they were so subverted that I think they turned their backs on a really creepy story about, uh, like, grief and the things that fear and, and, like, sorrow do to us. The direction's off the charts. The score by James Newton Howard is so fucking good nominated for an Oscar. The film is shot by Roger Deakins and it's drop dead gorgeous. And all the actors, you got Bill Hurt in a role that he does not get enough credit for. There's this scene where he's arguing his whole like experiment yeah. about why he created the village. And you cannot, you cannot watch that and feel like so much emotion. What have you done? He is the victim of a crime. We have agreed never to go back. Never. What was the purpose of our leaving? Let us not forget it was out of hope of something good and right. You should not have made decisions without us. You have gone too I'm far. I'm guilty, Robert. I made a decision of the heart. I cannot look into another's eyes and see the same look I see in August without justification. It is too painful. I cannot bear it. You have jeopardized everything we've made. 
Who do you think will continue this place, this life? Do you plan to live forever? It is in them that our future lies. It is in Ivy and Lucius that this, this way of life will continue. Yes, I have risked. I hope I am always able to risk everything for the just and right cause. If we did not make this decision, we could never again call ourselves innocent. And that, in the end, is what we have protected here. Innocence! Beth, I'm not ready to give up. This is a person who has suffered inexorable grief, and he's basically telling people that, you know, he's, they started a cult together, okay? <laughs> so, like, when we watch movies about cults, we're not just like, oh, this is fucking bullshit, and just, like, turn it off and hate the movie. I mean, if you look at this like that, like, kind of a grief cult, and it's this weird experiment that does not end up working, it can teach you a lot about, like, themes about, like, how we cannot turn our back on sorrow because it'll just end up finding us again. And, you know, the power that adults have on, on the youth where they create these worlds for them and expect them mm. to live in it and not ask questions. There's a lot going on in there. And I think it's just been unfairly vilified for so long. So I encourage anyone to take another look at it. Well, that is a passionate plea. I've never seen that film. Uh, oh. I'm going to go check oh. it out to give it a shot. <laughs> oh, yeah, I should have said <laughs> something about spoilers. But, uh, yeah, just no, go I don't in. Care. I was, yeah. Yeah, just go in. I never had a desire to see it in the first place. I do know, based on what people say, that the happening is worse than the village. Is that? Oh God, yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, if you defended that movie, that would have been more wild, probably. No, it's <laughs> an absolute joke. The happening's defensible as a great bad movie, and that's about it. Oh, okay. I like that. Well, that's an interesting choice. We got some fun selections. My choice is going to go back to the '80s. And apparently this movie is much maligned. <laughs> I have always loved it. What the hell is he talking and about? I never get sick of it. You know, it was 1986, and George Lucas was ready to present oh, a movie Jesus. to the world. I think I know yes. what this is. I think I already yes. knew what this was. Howard the Duck! Howard the Duck! <laughs> oh, my God. I love Howard the Duck, and to dismiss it, I think, is just buying into the hype machine. It's fun. It's fast-paced. It's got duck boobs. It's very strange. Oh, That's Jesus. very strange. There's really no way to account for that. But now the duck boobs and all the lame ass duck jokes, you know, a uh, mallard card instead of master card. Oh, man. So <laughs> stupid. That's stupid. Oh, God. Quack. Very stupid. But Howard is a fun, uh, exciting character. He has. Is he? <laughs> That's it. No more Mr. Nice Duck. Let the female creature go. Every duck's got his limit, and you scum have pushed me over the line. Jimmy, do you like to see what I see? A talking duck? Yeah, that's it. I've been doing too much toot. <laughs> no one laughs at a master of quack foo. He is. He's got a nasty mouth. He doesn't take crap from anybody. He tries to beat people up who are twice his size. And he's basically <laughs> like um you know, he's basically like a Marvel character would be now. 
you know, in yeah. a sense, kind of like a, a Tony Stark is like a, you know, he's very snippy and witty and quick. And, you know, Howard the Duck is like that in this movie. So I, I think in this <laughs> world now, if, if they had expanded upon the uh, post credit scene, wasn't it, um, was it Seth Green was like the voice of Howard? Yeah, or yeah, yep. Mm-hmm. And I think that would have been fun. I would love to see them actually go with the whole film, then maybe make it a little more uh, contemporary, but still keep the essence of the film. You know, Tim Robbins is in this. Jeffrey Jones is a total bozo in this yeah. movie. He's gross as hell He's in this pretty movie. pretty good at it. <laughs> yeah. doesn't, doesn't Howard have sex with Leah Thompson? Yeah, there's some strange things going on with Leah Thompson and sex in the, in the 80s, man. Like, what the fuck? Really? Oh, yeah. With, yeah, uh, all the right moves. That, well, I was, thinking, yes, I was thinking Back to the Future, but yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I will say that the last time I saw this movie was a good 20 years ago, and I was on LSD, and I don't know that I would necessarily <laughs> recommend that, especially oh. the sex scene. Um, it was something else. I wouldn't recommend Look, that. Don't, don't take that right. Him. They don't actually do it, but she tries to do it with him, so just to be clear. But <laughs> anyways, I mean, she's a beautiful woman. She... I would, if I was a duck, I would love to make love to Leah Thompson, but that's not the point. The point is that Jeffrey Jones <laughs> is a great villain slash like uh, redemption story in this. I like the characters. I like Tim Robbins and Howard going at each other. Tim Robbins plays a huge nerd and he's vastly under using his <laughs> acting powers in this film, but it's, it's fun. It's a quick movie. And I think it was worth another look. I don't think it's going to be an Oscar nominated, you know, hey, this thing deserves, it should be in the zeitgeist. It should be legendary. I just think it's a fun movie to throw on on a Sunday evening if you just want to chill and have a few laughs and be like, wow, that really got made. That's what's fun about it too is you look at some of the things in the film and you're like, somebody actually paid millions of dollars for that to happen. <laughs> and it I was think- like one of the few like successful quote unquote uh, Marvel movies for a long time. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. It really I was. It, I think it really goes back <laughs> to like the, the freaking forties or fifties even. Seriously, it was that long. I mean, they're really, yeah, they're really, it really is probably the first semi-successful Marvel movie. I, that, I mean, like, the, the made-for-TV Captain America movie was before that. The made-for-TV uh, um, uh, Incredible Hulk movies. But eh, that's, you know, there wasn't a lot. Yeah, that's true. It, it gets a 4.7 on IMDb, which is the lowest of the three of these films. So it's definitely been chastised. But <laughs> I think there's some fun in there. And if you don't want to watch it, that's fine. But I would like to give it a shot. I want to stand up for Howard the Duck. So that's what Proudly I Proudly stand up for <laughs> Howard the Duck. And I'm proud to be a Howard fan. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I never saw it. I remember I, I kept trying really? to rent it as a kid, and my parents wow. were just like, no, no, duck, no, duck you're boobs. not watching that. We heard about and the I, duck I, I couldn't understand why, I guess. I just, I just saw the cartoon about ducks. <laughs> I remember wow. the cover box where he like came out of an egg and had like a cigar, and I was like, oh, this looks fun. But my parents were like, no, no, it's not happening. It was clearly geared towards like, yeah, kids for all the breastuses and like things like stocks or whatever coming out of jeffrey jones's face (laughs) it's very gruesome yeah there's like gross alien stuff getting chopped off by saws and it it is strangely maybe rated too low but there's no like massive swear words you know how it is it's 80s like 80s 13 stuff well west wow what do you guys think uh if you have a movie that you want to get out of movie jail why don't you hit us up cinema nine pot at protonmail.com we love your emails we got an email later in the show but there are films that deserve attention. I think they get caught up in the grinders of our culture and our fast-paced society. Even now more than ever, we just dismiss things and that's that. And that's why we're here. We're going to bring this segment back quite often. I really like it. Eric, it was a great oh, idea. Yeah. 
and uh, there are more movies that need to have advocates and that's what we'll be here for right on amen so there we go does it hold up i'm gonna go back and i have work to do dick doesn't care that you don't make any money is that what you that's not why i i i I just hate swimming i really hate it it's disgusting to me my mistake was saying i would do it to begin with you have fun fine we'll have fun People always pee in the pool. I don't think Dick and Maisie pee in their pool. I'll bet you five hundred dollars there's pee in that pool. The end and back. Claude, you say go. <laughs> Margo at the wedding, 2007 Noah Baumbach film that oh, came yeah. out after The Squid and the Whale, which was in 2005. This was his follow-up to his big debut, which was a huge hit with critics and generally most people who saw The Squid and the Whale. Margo at the wedding less well-received gentlemen we know it's not rachel getting married <laughs> oh jesus God. turns out travis i am so did rachel, you had you actually rachel. seen this film travis or was this your first time this this is the first movie of the podcast that i had not seen before i was genuinely oh. unsure if i had seen it or not so uh because i and i kind of wish i'd watched rachel getting married again but uh that's all right. <laughs> God, that movie <laughs> uh i don't know man as far as like narcissistic maybe like uh personality disorder main characters <laughs> like, oh jesus um, I, i'll take anne hathaway's over nicole kidman's i'm gonna have to say wow that is a bold statement <laughs> anne hathaway is quite i feel bad for her and rachel getting married you know she plays a woman God. in recovery from substance use and but nicole kidman in this film is quite um in her own head to put it mildly yeah eric is it true that you watched three noah bombback movies in preparation for today's episode did you watch them back to back? yes i, I did and i immediately <laughs> called my therapist to book a session because <laughs> i was worried that i was getting obsessed with my own intellectual narcissism are you all right oh, that's going to be next week yeah. <laughs> i Which mean three i mean i saw i saw this uh when it came out and I remember responding to it. I can only chalk it up to me being like, oh, it's an art film. So I'm just going to tell everybody I like it. But <laughs> I, I got to tell you, I got a lot of things to say. So, Mike, I'm going to turn it over to you. So no, you let it out, us. man. Come on. Well, I mean. <laughs> Give us the opening salvo here. What was your first impression when you watched this film now? I had to pause it about 20 minutes in and think to myself, why am I watching this? I don't care about these people. <laughs> this is stressing me out. This is not entertainment. And I, I didn't find any, I didn't find much, <laughs> I didn't find much, uh, much value in, in the characters. All right. Uh, Had you already watched the other Bombback films, films first already? I, watch, I watched one of them and I'll talk about that one a little later. They, <laughs> that may have left a, a residue on this in my experience, but, but yeah, this was a, a, a laborious, chore and i want i want to get into i want to get into the hows and whys uh of something like this as well as the career of this fella in general because i'm scratching my head right now all righty well that is fascinating you know this is not, that is a salvo for show this is not my favorite bomb back movie but those who know me know that i am a big bomb back fan <clears throat> and i enjoyed <laughs> watching this film i've seen this film several times so it's certainly a Kind of a part of my bomb back repertoire, but it's not my favorite by any means. And for the record, it's got a 6.0 on IMDb, which is it's about average, right? 6.0. It's a little higher than I thought it would be. But yeah, it's actually lower than I thought it would be. So that's interesting. 
But 6.0 is like straight up average. If you're a five, you're pretty bad. So six is barely, barely average, to be honest with you. <laughs> but on Rotten Tomatoes, the audience and critic scores, 52 to 40. 52 for the critics, 40 for oh, the audience. That's not great. Not yep. feeling it. What the, what the, uh, what the critics have to say, Mike? Oh, I bet. Well, it's funny yeah. you mentioned that, Travis. <laughs> Fascinating that you would bring that up at this time because yeah. Dwayne Dudek, Dwayne Dudek works for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. That was my favorite Dwayne. one. We all love the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. And in 2007, he said, Margot is all mood swings and cries for help that everyone can hear <laughs> except the person making them. It is squid sapped of empathy and desperate for love. <laughs> Which oh, is a three out of four star, Dwayne. So, yeah, so Dwayne was down with it. Let's try uh, Lawrence Topman from the Charlotte Observer. He says hmm. Bombeck creates interesting, psychologically accurate characters, but he doesn't know when to stop. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'd love to hear like like Billy Bob's from like the Mayberry Press's review on like, all of these self-involved New Yorkers and, and see his <laughs> thoughts on on that their familial relationships and their and their constant arguing about status and class and see what good old Billy Bob from Buttonhells <laughs> Nowhere thinks about these people. Well how about this about Desda Galbert from E Online. She says, okay. you know th that relative you dread seeing at holiday gatherings, now imagine they look like Nicole Kidman and you're stuck in the same dark room with her yeah. for 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely you know I, do you ever like sit at a restaurant and like the table beside you has like the most annoying goddamn people talking about how their kid just got into school and how they they broke their necklace and they they wouldn't they couldn't get it returned at macy's because they didn't have the that shit that's what this movie is for like an hour and a half and thank god it's only 92 minutes because it was only 92 I was clenching minutes? my jaw felt like mm. three hours oh, it felt much longer travis is stunned he can't believe it's only 92 minutes oh my it really god. is just an hour and a half film i mean i guess the film itself isn't fun but there are interesting characters in this film uh, let's start with nicole kidman we have to okay. she yeah absolutely. she is really doing a great acting job in my opinion but the writing is so unbearable because this woman is just so she's one of those overly intellectual people you know they're so caught up in academia and thinks that there's you think you're through way through everything all the time that she imposes it on her own kid on claude it's terrible yeah 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 she's a really shitty mother um, yeah that's for sure um she's she's not she's not really a good family member in general um she's, it's 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 a well acted performance there's not a bad performance in the movie sorry jack black except for you um whoa but, whoa, whoa whoa we're gonna get to that okay wow <laughs> table that i mean he's got his moments in there we'll, it's been I'll, a heady time we'll get there we'll get there <laughs> but um there's not a bad performance in the movie and i thought the kid that played claude in particular did really good yeah. um but like it's it definitely raised the question the age-old question for me which is like if a movie is well acted and looks good and is well directed, but not good, is it good? <laughs> I mean, if you have no. a character where there's really literally no character arc, like I don't understand the purpose of telling a story where no one changes. Right. I mean, I, I get it that like I like I like slice of life movies, but like I like even like a barely perceptible yes. thing. And um We'll get into the ending where I almost thought there was a change, I guess, later. But, like, there's no real change here. It's just a bunch of dicks being a bunch of dicks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, the kid is actually the only character in the entire movie that I that I kind of liked. I hated everyone else. They were just saturated with bourgeois dissatisfaction. It was, it was torture. I didn't hate Jennifer Jason Lee's character, Paul. I did. I, I thought she was I, all right. Yeah, I could not stand her. <laughs> well, yeah, there is a, a hefty cast here. Uh, it's very well acted. I, have, I think that's fair to say. And Jack Black's performance, I think, is hilarious. The jokes... He made me laugh in this movie a lot. That's what is one of the best part of the films for me is his, the writing is not intended to always be funny, but it is. And the way he acts it out to me, makes me laugh. He's so pathetic, but he's so honest about his, like, his lack of desire for what he wants to be and who he really is. And, you know, this, this just reminds me so much of family dynamics where people think they know best for other people and stuff. And you know what? In the end, it's up to everyone to make their own choices in life. <laughs> sure. and we try to absorb the information and share best we can. But in the end, all these characters are responsible for their own actions. And I thought Jack Black <laughs> did a great job of expressing that. I thought it was a good performance. You clearly don't agree, Travis. I mean, okay, so I am I would like to see him in more roles like this. Like, I liked The Holiday, I think that's called, right? With him and Kate Winslet, I want to yep. say. Um, yeah, I think that he has some some decent performances in, in him. And I do think that he was good in parts of this movie. Um, it was just the really dramatic part, like when he like the crying, when he was upset at the end with her, and when he's like when he's like chased down on the beach, even oh like I just I it was just I just wasn't buying it. I'm you know I just I, even even a, like like I mean like I don't know. I mean like it's, it's I want the like croquet scene. The croquet is so funny. He's like fuck. Oh, so like, I, I, hated, I hated that scene. I hated that scene but, so much. The, ahead, they, really? They set, they set up this character as like a schlub and almost a, a contrast to these, to these you know, stuck-up yuppies in, in their seaside home playing croquet. And, and I'm like, okay, I can get along with this guy. Like, he's into music and writing right. and stuff. But, yeah, maybe he's not an intellectual or make a lot of money. But, you know, let's see where this goes. He grows a mustache and then pretends like it's a joke. I've done that. Then I shaved it off when someone <laughs> made fun of me. <laughs> but, but fucking Noah Baumbach takes this, this character and, and just, just cuts him down. And even when you start to sympathize with them, yeah. the writer-director says, oh, this guy's a fucking joke. Even when he's at his most like sad and real, yeah. I'm going to put him in his fucking underwear and then label him a fucking pederast. Yeah. I, I just don't get it. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. And as far as the croquet scene in particular goes, like, they, it's like, okay, we're all family, but we can't, in like they're family that like are two different sides. Some of them had never like barely even met before, but they're all so fucking dysfunctional <laughs> that they can't get through a game of croquet without being like "fuck you" and calling each other stupid and shit. Fuck it. Find who I can be friends with him. Good girl. Honey, you're up. Well, don't just whack it. Think about it before you hit. Sorry. Good. Paul, what are you doing? I'm sending Claude's ball into the bushes. Take the extra hit. I don't want to do that. It's the smarter play. Pauline, I told you, you can't, your feet are too small. You took the awnings down. Uh, you know, like, like, and again, like, okay, so it's sort of realistic, but like, uh, do, like, what do I need this for? I don't know. It was just, it was around there where I, that where I started to be like, okay, I'm starting to not really like this movie. It, it's exactly scenes like that that make me wonder, like, Mike, you're chuckling, thinking about the scene. 
why? Okay, <laughs> why? I watch a movie like Knives Out that is about a dysfunctional family, mm-hmm. and it's fucking hilarious and really good. Whereas yeah. this is just like, like I said, sitting behind a couple of the movie theater that won't shut the fuck up about, you know, they're arguing and bickering. It's, it's painful. Why do people like this film? <laughs> <laughs> I love seeing people Explain who yourself. have their own heads stuck up their own asses. I think yeah, it's I, entertaining to I me. Don't... So that's why I laugh. I laugh at black. I laugh at Kidman snide remarks to her son, which are so cruel, though. Oh my god! Some of it is horrible. like I... some of it is like eerily familiar. It's like I feel like I've experienced this before in some she's way. Abusive. Not as cruel, but she is. So she's clearly abusive. And John Turturro is like hardly in the movie. He, oh, he, he plays like this only so guy who sad. seems to be like centered and focused and like reasonable <laughs> just a good person without like any like motivation or anything like that. and just by being himself by simply being a good person she's like you make me feel like shit and then she <laughs> goes towards him at the end of the movie i, I assume yep. she, she goes to him at the end of the movie anyways and it's like oh poor jim he deserves so much better than that yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna stop and try to rescue this poor defenseless animal that just got hit by a car no don't get out of the car leave the dog alone let's get out of here this woman's a bitch for trying to save this animal right she's like oh you paid <laughs> for it didn't you? it's not funny though it's, it's, yeah. it's where's the humor yeah i didn't find a lot of humor in this movie I, the whole well, thing with the neighbors? I mean, the neighbors are bozos. Those guys oh, are weird no. people. Okay. I, I hated the, na- the, the poor neighbor people, aspect. Poor people exactly. that are just trying to, like, make their harvest their own food, make exactly. love in their yard. Are these inbred weirdos? Exactly. Just because they're not these stuffy intellectual types? They're, like, they're portrayed as specimens. And, like, we're not even, like, supposed to, like, view margot's perception and the rest of their perceptions of them critically because they're they are freaks like they're they're like shirtless and they eat pig and like all this like it's like it's <laughs> it's a really clumsy and gross handling of of lower lower class folks and uh yeah it's unnecessarily rude and mean like it's just the whole thing and also trees don't the roots don't rot as they grow so i really don't get that whole <laughs> thing and also yeah. while, we're, while we're on the um that family there's this exchange in this movie that's so fucking puzzling and baffling. There's these two lines that happen, happen almost back to back. So the, the younger neighbor kid bites the Claude character who yep. kudos to him for a great scream. I mean, like that scream is intense. Um, but when the kid gets up and runs away, the, the, you know, when Claude gets up and runs away, the kid yells after him, hangman's ass. Yeah, what the hangman's fuck does ass. that mean? Hangman's ass. Mike, explain this. <laughs> well, hang on. It's just something Let, stupid uh, to say. <laughs> well, and then and then shortly after that, he comes inside. Claude does and gets in a fight with Margot, and she they're yelling at each other. And I had to write this down and like back it up over and over yep. again. Here we go. He says, "You shit in your shoes, and then you fuck them." Yep. What does this yep. mean? And why does she smack him for it? Like, what is like? Sometimes it's like all of a sudden, like like did they? forget that they're making a movie like <laughs> i don't know it's really weird she also tells her own son that he stinks like you stink yeah. she possibly wants to make love to him oh yeah like sleeping together uh, uh, very okay when he says there'll be a barrier then she says okay i won't i won't have to worry about being sexually attracted to you i'm telling I you i will tell you this guy uh, noah bombeck noah bombeck says oh, that he empathizes he empathized <laughs> yep. most with the yep. nicole kidman character i absolutely was gonna bring that up because you know when you think well is this an autobiographical story about him is yeah. he supposed to be the claude character surrounded by these these people that are off off the planet he's like no 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 i sympathize with margo what the fuck are you talking about yeah. so 
I read an interview, as maybe some of y'all did, um, where he was talking about like this whole aspect of the film was a response to people like puzzling over Squid and the Whale and how autobiographical was it, et cetera. So he was kind of like playing with that idea. And that was um, what's going on there. But I, I ask you guys this. Do you think that Dick, uh, the co-writer- Dick Kuzman. Dick Kuzman, who, well played by Sierra and Hines. I really like him a lot. Yes. Um, but do you think that Dick really is an asshole for asking the question that he asks? Like where he asks if, if the father character is inspired by her and she's just like, it's just, it, it changes everything. Like the whole movie, she may have gone with him at the end. She may have stayed, you know what I mean? It, like she wasn't really into either one of these men. I write historical fiction, so I don't have to answer to this, but I wonder for someone who writes so nakedly about family, how autobiographical is this portrait? Uh, my father was a loving person. He had his days, of course, but he was devoted to us as children. I would never have written this portrait were it true. But I'm interested in how the father could be, in fact, a portrait of you. Um, I don't... Why do you assume that it's, um... That, I mean, we all take from life. I had to have our refrigerator repaired the other day at our apartment in Manhattan, and uh, I was alone with this guy. I, I, I think he was Puerto Rican. He was um, sent over by, by Whirlpool, who, uh, who uh, I think it is, makes our fridge. Uh, um, <clears throat> Although he did say that he worked for an independent organization that will post up contracts. I'm so I, I, glad being to herself the most. <laughs> yeah, I, that that's the only scene I actually really liked was that entire scene. The book uh, reading at the, at the Q and A. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably because so, she yeah, got they're her at a book reading. And... Yeah. So so by the way, the whole film premise is that like Mar Margot comes into town because her sister's getting married and. If you haven't seen the movie, I would assume you'd be probably not, not listening, listening to this. this but. However, if you hadn't, yeah. You no, know, Margo's in town with her son, and they're getting married, and it's going to be great. Her sister and Jack Black are going to get engaged. They're engaged. They're going to get married. And she's also doing a book reading. So it's also kind of played off like, oh, by the way, I'm here for a, doing like a book event, you know, book signing at the local bookstore. So it almost makes it seem like she's not even there to care for her own sister's wedding, which she's just sounds like Margo. Yeah, because Margo is truly just so up her own ass. But as far as that scene where... He asked that question in the Q&A in front of everybody in the bookstore. Yeah, I thought it was a legit question. And I think she's just the type of sensitive person. Not even sensitive. She's the type of person that always wants to be in control of yeah. every situation. And she felt out of control in that moment. And that's why it hurt her so much. Yeah, that's she awesome. went that ramble about like Puerto Ricans and shit. Yeah. Like, this yeah. Is going yeah. South There's quickly. so many things about this film, Travis, that you baffle you. You're right. The some of the dialogue that comes out of nowhere and you're like, what's happening? It's, it's very, very puzzling. Odd. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, um, even that even that scene where Siren Hines asked her that, you know, pointed question that probably has something behind it. And yet this guy is fucking having an affair with a with a married woman. So fuck this slime ball. Like I I I don't I, get that sort of stuff. I will say there was another scene that where she got to come up and that I really liked, and that was when um, they're in the hotel room towards the end, and uh, Pauline tells her like, "No, this is my life. You fucked up my first marriage by writing that story. Like, 
you're not putting any of this shit in anything or I'll fucking disembowel you. And that's, that's okay. But when Claude <laughs>, laughs at her, I'm like, yeah, fuck you, Marco. <laughs> Finally. Yeah. Poor Claude. I mean, what a uh, poor existence for this young fellow. He's definitely disturbed. <laughs> exactly. Every little comment. I mean, the whole deal with like uh, Ingrid and he's like into her, but then like, obviously she's like sex candy for these adults which is really weird but oh, this is true Ma- yeah, oh daisy amazing yeah, but who right. the fuck is her josh? By her real name didn't they keep talking about josh and i'm like who is this josh he just <laughs> talk about him throughout the whole movie he never shows up huh. i don't know who josh is actually that's a yeah. good question josh. well yeah Maisie. Maisie was also uh in the squid and the whale and she basically is uh, it's kind of gross it's really kind of weird and i've I do think it's something that does happen in life, so I don't have a problem with it. But, you know, the whole Jack Black and her thing is clearly a reason to end an engagement immediately. But yet, it doesn't happen. That's how odd these... I mean, I think Pauline is as lost as anybody else. I mean, she doesn't know where she wants to go. She's always zigging and zagging based on all the background information we got on her, too. But also, in the end, who gives a shit, right? Because you start to think, like, who cares? Why? This movie... What is its purpose? Why am I watching this? I do understand. Well, <laughs> why did we Pauline, choose this? Like Pauline's got some good scenes, and I, I, I—it's no secret. I love Jennifer Jason Lee. I, I just adore her. But when I see her in movies like this, it just leaves such a bad taste in my. She spends almost the entire movie like belittling Malcolm, the Jack Black character. Every time like he, he says anything or is happy about something, she just cuts him down and laughs in his face when whatever he does expects nothing but him but but silent uh, but a, sound, a sounding board to, to vent to it's I, I, you know what was really cool? you know what was really cool in this movie um when dinosaur jr's the wagon played in the background that was cool yeah, yeah. that was about the best that was about the best point in the movie and, and then that was it's kind of downhill after that good, good <laughs> podcast everybody we'll see you next time <laughs> you know i really wanted to do greenberg but at the last second i switched the gears on this one so what can i do margaret the so wedding certainly happens, not my Larry? favorite bomb back it's on like the lower end for sure what's your but favorite I... bomb back you greenberg i'm not sure actually i'd have to reanalyze the list i mean squid and the whale is obviously legendary but i really like um what the one with Adam Driver and Ben Stiller? That's the only one Watts. I watch. That's the only while we're young. Yep. That's the only one I rewatch. That's the only yeah. movie of his that I have any interest in seeing more than one time. I, I hated really like Francis Ha with a burning passion. I think I've said that on the show already. Yeah. Um, I. Kinda, that's not him, technically, I, right? That was him and Greta Gerwig. He directed and she co-wrote with him. Oh. He did direct it. Um, oh, okay. I've never actually seen Madagascar Three. Uh, Madagascar Three, Europe's Most Wanted, that he co-wrote. I haven't <laughs> seen that either, so I can't speak to that. <laughs> Um, huh. I haven't seen that one. Uh, I do like the Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou, which he yeah. co-wrote. That was yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, most of his stuff I realized. Um. I, I mean, even Squid and the Whale, which I liked. I'm like, I never need to see that or want to see it again. Um, <laughs> so really, it's I'm gonna give it up to uh, while we're young and leave it at Squid that. Squid the Whale's great, man. It's so funny, God, and it's so heartbreaking at the same time. I love how he can combine comedy and the pain of life and the confusion and the decisions and the outcome of those decisions that affect everybody within the circle. All these tiny little social and family circles and units all have impact based on everyone else's choices. And I think he does a really good job of analyzing that. In this movie, I don't think he's trying to please anybody. I think he really had experiences like this or he knew somebody very, very closely that he had a long talk about 
who knew people liked it? So I'm curious as well, yeah. Eric, what was the other movie you said you watched? You watched two other Bombback films before this one? Yeah, yeah. So I watched, um, I watched <laughs> the Meyerowitz stories on Netflix. Yeah. Okay. I started it up. I'm like, okay, I, okay, let me be very clear on this. I love Marriage Story. I love it. I think yeah, it's fucking I excellent. Yeah, I love good. it. 10 out of 10 stars. I loved it. So I cannot sit here and completely lambast this filmmaker because yeah, I forgot about that when he's good, he's good. I hated the Meyerowitz stories. <laughs> Almost from the first 10 seconds because the title comes up, Meyerowitz stories. And then in parentheses, new one selected. I'm like, <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, I love Sandler and Stiller in that one. That really just set it up. (laughs) Adam Sandler is actually really good in the film, but I hate his character. I hate Ben Stiller. I hate every character in it. Okay. They're all, every single one of these characters in this and Margot the Wedding, they're toxic sociopaths. And it's not entertaining for me at this age when it's so beautiful outside to sit there and watch toxic sociopaths. (laughs) It doesn't even have to always be entertaining, right? Like, like, like Requiem for a Dream is not exactly entertaining, but, but there's, but there's something to be gained from watching it. Even uh, if you've seen it before, like it doesn't have to like titillate and uh, distract us necessarily. It can be dark. It can be morbid. It can be dysfunctional. It can be all that stuff, but tell me something. Right. Marriage story much. tells us something like that, like love can transcend even divorce for it. Right. Like it tells us something. Um, yeah. This movie doesn't tell us anything. It tells us that um, self-serving people can shit all over their family, not say goodbye or hello to their mother yep. and other sister and leave all their fucking luggage at their sister's house for them to deal with. I guess just shit me <laughs> that shit. Like it's so bizarre. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sit by the sea and drink wine at 9 30 a.m and have no problems don't care what anyone else thinks make fun of the inbred family next door lovely scenery i mean the movie looks lovely out there i would love to spend some time there just not with these people necessarily the tree coming down has got to be one of the stupidest things i've ever seen in any so (laughs) when they introduce this tree yeah yeah, when they introduce this tree i'm like okay there's going to be some symbolism here so on my notes i wrote down tree question mark Meaning to get to it to see what the symbolism behind is the tree. Yeah, I I, I gave up. You know what? I don't know. I, I don't give a fuck with this character. I ended up thinking, you know, because she climbs it and there's some sort of thing about her maybe showing everyone else that she's the only one that can ascend to these heights in terms of like success, but she doesn't know what to do when she gets up there. But fuck all that. Like, I hate this fucking movie. <laughs> Um, I yeah. kudos to um, Nicole Kidman. For, I thought that's the third time I said kudos. What's wrong with me? Anyways, yeah. kudos, kudos, hey, congratulations! Kudos exactly. were awesome. Kudos were delicious in the night. Remember kudos? But congratulations yeah. to Nicole Kidman for being a forty-year-old woman and climbing that tree. Just looking at that tree in the movie, I'm like, I could not imagine um, climbing that thing on my own. And she and she did. Um, but when the tree comes down, like it's so stupid. It's just so like. <laughs> It's just so stupid. I'm like, I'm like, God damn it. Like Jack Black's character, like Malcolm, like he's such a fuck up. Like he's so dumb and like it didn't even need to be like, I don't know, man. There's, there's, there's a lot here that just seems unnecessarily dumb. <laughs> I was so worried that you guys were going to be praising it and I'd have to like kind of really, really defend my disdain towards this nonsense. It's just but just put it in your journal and leave it there, Noah. <laughs> this isn't a movie. <laughs> wow. 
I wonder, is there anybody else out there who shares Eric and Travis's similar understanding of this film? Have you been dying to get it out? Why don't you write to us? Cinnamon9pod at protonmail.com. Cinnamon9pod, that's numerical nine. And of course, you could send us a photo on Instagram or DM us on Instagram. We're very active. We got film reviews on other films that aren't Noah Baumbach related. We've got all kinds of information on our Instagram. Please come on by, say hello, check in with us. We love to connect. Make a smart ass comment or give us something that will blow our minds and maybe change the direction of our own lives. Who knows? There's a lot of people. There's a lot of people that really like this movie uh, online, and you know, I would be really interested to hear from from people out there to you know, to clear some of this up. Well, I, but that's the thing that no one's going to be able to be like, well, actually, you're missing such and such because it's just, it's just. I think this is one of the most um, subjective movies I can think of. Like, I, I get why you like it, Mike, and I get why we don't. <laughs> so, but I yeah. think it's it's really just gonna like I, I don't imagine there's like some secret code, some shibboleth that can be spoken that will decipher this movie for us. Well, My name is Werner Brandis. Some, some people will watch like like a YouTube video of someone like missing and then hitting their friend in the face with a bat and then like really laugh hard at it. Whereas I'm like, oh Jesus Christ, is he okay? And I think this is like like one of those things. I, I went back and watched his first film. Kicking and screaming. Yeah, I, I like that one. Of course I have. Yeah, I, yeah, like I wasn't one. gonna do it. This was like this was today, and I'm like, there's no fucking way I can watch another Noah Baumbach movie. Who's in it? Parker Posey. I'm like, oh, oh boy, Eric Burnett's and Eric Stoltz. That's you again. Um, I, I like that one too. Okay, yes, it's a, it's about like fucking like twenty somethings arguing about class and their place in the world, but mm-hmm. it's before Noah Baumbach got all this acclaim and, and before he was well, like it's 10 this, years before squid so yeah, he definitely had like a uh he had like a change over 10 years where he was a young college student or post-grad anyways and then he became the guy who decided to dig deep within himself and really express what really happened in his life and the people <laughs> that he actually knew in new york society and blah 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 you know, you know what he new york who gives a shit about that i wish he'd do a movie about somebody in texas you know what he is to me is like the world's like he's like the glum version of Wes Anderson, where it's like capable filmmaking yeah. and pretentious, but like Wes Anderson pulls it off because I mean like most of the time because like there's again there's like this I don't know there's this element Sweetness. that he hits that yeah there's this innocence there's something that sure. there's a, there's something that he's doing there that where we forgive the pretension and it actually works in the film's advantage with uh, Bombback movies like. Again, like I do think like Marriage Story and while and while we're young, I think he's got his moments, but I think that a lot of his movies just like they're so like uh, this like so real that it's like, yeah, it's like I could it's like picking a scab. That's really real too. But I don't want to sit around and do that. <laughs> well, well I think movie- that's what's cool about it though. That's why he brings the realness. He he shows us what we really are. Not everyone's like these people, but you said somebody said earlier uh, it's a bunch of psychotic sociopaths running around. And that's what a lot of America is. There's a ton of people just running around who really need mental health assistance and don't have access to it or they're oblivious to it because they're so deep into their own processes. Well, doesn't Marco at the end hint towards her son that there might be like something going on with her? I think she says like, there's something wrong with me. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, I wrote down like, uh, borderline personality disorder, the first thing that came to my fucking mind. Yeah, you like, know, absolutely. they didn't get into it. Maybe no, if they know, did. I just, I just had a thought because, and, and and maybe it's a little bit redemptive for the movie. 
Um, because there is all this talk about borderline personality disorder and that kind of stuff in the movie, but what she keeps on bringing up and harping on is things like Asperger's and the autism spectrum. So maybe she's supposed to be somewhere on the spectrum and that's what's going on. There you go. That's fascinating. And you know what? That is one of the most difficult areas to navigate. People who are on the spectrum who are adults and you may have known them prior. If It can have an effect that can change them more too. And it can be very difficult, not to minimize the difficulty of living with being on the spectrum, but people on the outside who try to connect with their family members or friends, they can have a hard time communicating with them and it can make everything just more challenging. So if that is the case, I do find that to be a, not necessarily redemptive for this film because I like it regardless. For me, I mean. Cert- yeah, I right, for you, of course. But I, I just think for anybody, it certainly is intriguing. And I like that part of film. I love looking in people's brains and seeing what's going on. He opens up his mind and the minds of others by sharing the words on a piece of paper. And I just had another thought too, which is maybe it shouldn't be redemptive because like the, the thought that I just had was that like, does, if she's on the spectrum, does that make her more sympathetic to me? Am I, am I more willing to forg- forgive her flaws and foibles? And <laughs> if so, should it? Like, yeah, should, you, know, you know what I mean? Like, sh- should I forgive her anyways? I, you know, so maybe, mm. I, I don't know. Maybe, you know, this is one of the fun things about actually talking about movies is, you know, that you can kind of, like, I didn't think of any of these things. I made all these copious notes and stuff, but I didn't yeah, think I, any I, of these I, things I, until I, we had this conversation. I, if you're going to, I'm sorry. If you're going to make a movie where someone has this particular thing going on in their lives, do it like, let it be known so you can make a statement about it so people would like you look at a movie like mozart and the whale is about asperger's a little a kid that has it and it's known and there's a statement there's something said about it that we can learn from but for us to be sitting here oh does she have this does she have that i don't see the value well but it's it's an ambiguous it can be an ambiguous diagnosis though i mean it i mean like that maybe that's that is what he's saying maybe that is part of the point i don't know maybe i'm kind of reaching now too but but i think i mean i think he could be saying something that just didn't quite get to me when i originally saw it but with a little more i mean i still am not like rushing to see this movie again but i think i'm sure i'm sure that there are layers that are not you know immediately evident to me well yeah it's not a few good comedy of the summer or anything like that it's It's not brain donors starring john turturro (laughs) i haven't seen that one it's also donors it's not the uh awful lebowski you know side hustle if you will that he did last year that was a disaster (sighs) Not gonna see it. Not gonna Jesus rolls. Jesus rolls. I watched that film, and I will never, ever watch that film again. Ever. This film was way better. Margaret the Wedding vastly superior to Jesus rolls. Just for the record. Well, so what else can be said? Yeah. Yeah. So you got Eric. This movie does not hold up because it never did in the first place. I thought I liked it when I was, you know, 26, and I can freely admit it now that I'm pretty sure I was just into art films and. Anytime I didn't understand a movie or like it made no money at the box office, I was like, oh, I fucking love this movie. Go see it. But now that I am a grown man and not afraid to tell my opinion, I think this is indulgent nonsense about toxic sociopaths. And uh, you should skip it because it's got nothing to say. It's just just people bickering and bitching at each other for two hours. Oh, no, thankfully, 92 minutes. Right. I have really, you have had a strong take on this film, and I must say I'm surprised by it, but I think it's hilarious. You certainly <laughs> gave several comments that have made me laugh, so well, I'm kudos. Sorry, hey, Mike, Eric, kudos to you. Kudos to you, Eric. <laughs> Go ahead, um, Eric. What were you saying? 
it just it it just bugs me. When, <laughs> I'm sorry, but I was pissed off watching this the whole time. All right, I mean, I'm willing to invest in these characters, but when first the vanilla sky. <laughs> oh God! Oh, Come on. <laughs> thank you for Where? saying that, Mike. No, no, Dixie? this actually the the acting was good, and I and I do applaud Nicole Kidman when she does these independent movies. Like if you haven't seen Birth, that's a fucking amazing movie where. You know, she does the whole indie thing. And Destroyer, I think, is her all-time best performance. Watch her in those, but skip this, okay? There's good acting in it. I like the music in it. It's, yeah, it's shot be. fairly well. It's kind of like a fading watercolor painting throughout the film, I thought. But hmm. there's, no, there's no redemptive quality to any of the characters. So it's just, it's not worth your time. Is that how you feel, Travis? I, I mean, again, like, there are there are there are aspects of it that I like. It's well acted. Um, I like the kind of timeless feel of it. That like, I mean, it, it kind of feels like it's in the seventies. It kind of feels like it's now. Um, I like certain aspects, but overall, I feel like yeah. we've named many other better bombback movies. That if you want to sit down and have a contemplative cinematic experience about your family and your own dysfunction <laughs> and the ways that all that shit can go down. Uh, I feel like you could, you'd be better served to watch another movie. So I'm going to say it does not hold up. Well, there it is, folks. The people have spoken. As far as me, who chose this film, I think it holds <laughs> up God. because it is what it was before. It's never changed. The movie has represented itself to be what it was in 2007 to me now. And if anything, I have more of a curiosity about it because I study, you know, not toot my own horn, but I'm studying mental health and stuff. So I find it interesting mm -hmm. And anytime I can see a movie like this that has like a wealth of disorders, it's like a potpourri. It's like a disorder potpourri, man. It's great. So this movie is Wee. interesting enough for me to yeah. watch again. And I think Jack Black's funny in it. And I think some of the side comments sometimes that Nicole <laughs> makes, Nicole Kidman makes her funny. And so that's me. And Jennifer Jason Lee is great. I agree with you too. I love Jennifer Jason Lee in almost anything. So yeah, there's a lot of biases in here for me and I'll live with it. I say it holds up. So there we go. I lose. I'm happy we watched it, and I can't wait until we get back to our individual selections. But now, we're going to switch gears. Because next hey. week, we're going to have someone else's selection, which we'll reveal at the end of the show. First, we have our email. So, Eric, who's writing in this week? What's going on? Friend of the show, Jeff, chime back in, as usual, oh, with Jeff. one of his more contemplative questions. This one concerns the great and legendary Tim Burton. He says, just... Hey guys, just thought I'd ask you guys your thoughts on Tim Burton's debut direction, Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Can you give me an example of your favorite Burton touch in the film? Okay, my personal favorite is the use of the stripe patterns in the ambulance clown scene. Thanks, <laughs> Jeff. Oh yeah, pretty pretty Thank specific. You. I can't remember Thank that you, Jeff. scene. Yeah, thanks, uh, Jeff. Yeah, he's in the ambulance. Yeah, it's, it's been a while. My been favorite Burton-esque of this film is pretty easy for me. It's probably the large Marge scene. That's what I think of. You know, in the yeah. semi-truck. <laughs> large Marge sent me. I love that. I think my favorite part is when they're all sitting around the dinner table and like the um, the, 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 the re reggae song comes on and like the, the lobster hands come out of the soup and grab them by the face and they all start dancing. <laughs> oh, One wait a minute. Wait, 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 That's my wait, favorite part. Wait. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Beetlejuice. Yeah, I know, but I got nothing for oh, the movie that we're talking about. <laughs> I don't know, man. Large Marge, I guess. It's been a long time. I got nothing. <laughs> what about the dinosaurs? What about, I love 
the whole drive-in, the movie within the movie thing. It's all meta. Yeah. I loved it. That was cool. Thinking Mr. Herman. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Herman. Yeah, I like that. So yeah, funny that. Call at the front desk. I mean, there are, there are parts of the movie that I remember and like, don't get me wrong, but as far as like picking out like the, the Burton-esque aspects of them, I'm like, I, I don't really feel equipped it to do that. It's been a while since. It is. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a fair, it's a very detailed question. It's To me, it's absolutely when Large March turns into the whatever she is. She's a monster. She's right. an alien. I have no she's, idea what the she's hell She's a horrifying claymation ghost. You know, yes, you want to talk exactly about like you want to talk about like movies like how how did this get made? I mean, think about how ridiculous this premise is. It's like a is he a boy? Is he a man? And he loses his bike, and then he has to go find it, and he goes on this incredible journey. Phil Hartman was like, one of the writers too. Oh, weird. Yeah, Phil Hartman Ooh. writes it, and I mean, who else could have made this besides Tim Burton? I feel like Joe Schmo made this. Like it would, you know, I mean, uh, Joe that, Dante. That, that, I think Joe that, Dante could do this actually. That pops in my you know head. What? Right That's away. actually a really great call. Ter Terrence Malick. Yeah! I think Terrence Malick could have done well with this work. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's the kind of comedy you get here on the show. That's funny. I like the beginning, like like uh, when like he's getting out of bed and like the shit's making the breakfast for yeah, him. That's, like, that's very Burton-esque and that's fun. That's so quirky Burton-esque. I, I feel like Zoe Deschanel should just come busting on the screen in that scene. So quirky. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> All right. Well, that's Tim Burton then. Uh, Tim Burton. Thanks for the email, Jeff. We love hearing from you. Jeff, friend of the show. Always a pleasure. If you have an email, hit us up, cinema9pod at protonmail.com. Cinema9pod, numerical nine, at protonmail.com. Let's talk quarantine picks. It's our favorite part. Of the, is it our Yay. favorite part of the show? I mean, I it, think people. Kind of. Yeah, it's I fun. think you guys like this part of the show. It's, it is fun. I think it's a lot of fun. So this week, I'm dying to know the quarantine remains. It is summer outside. It's hot as balls right now. But Travis, what have you been watching on the boob tube over the last week? Um, I've been I've been busy, so I watched a lot less movies than usual. Whoa, 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 whoa! Not acceptable. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I I I still squeeze some in. Don't worry. Uh, okay. I'm gonna add my voice to the chorus, pun intended, uh, for <gasps> Eurovision Song Contest: The Story oh. of Fire Saga. People are talking oh. about for a reason, man. That movie um, surprisingly has a lot of heart. I think that Will really? Ferrell is getting pretty long in the tooth for these kind of roles and like i was pretty dubious i feel like some of this stuff lately has been kind of subpar or you know but so i was i wasn't sure what to make of this one going in i was like i don't know what we're gonna get and i really really enjoyed it so i definitely recommend it i will watch it again um i watched uh making blair's directorial bit debut i don't feel alone i don't feel at home in this world anymore okay. which i would also recommend is definitely bucking against um expectations um but speaking of bucking against expectations, I have to champion, again, another film. I almost considered this for the uh, movie jail segment because um, <laughs> I returned to a movie that I just love this movie so much. And it's devastatingly underrated by everybody else. It's, it's a stupid movie. It's an offensive movie. It's problematic. <laughs> again, I keep on bringing up these problematic movies. There's, it's from 2008. There's definitely like lines and stuff that happened in the movie where you're like, fuck, that's really... <laughs> feels like 2008 um but it is an unexpectedly moving picture that always makes me laugh and it is hamlet 2 with steve Cooper. yes I so good it's a great movie this movie it's so funny i i watched it last night for probably like the 10th time i hadn't seen it in a while but i watched it last night and as i was watching it laughing my ass off through the whole thing and eventually crying towards the end like i do every time i watch it 
I'm like, wow. I, I think this might be high in the running for one of my favorite movies of all time. There is some, wow. again, some really problematic stuff in there that makes me go. Of course there is. I mean, it's, it's co-written by one of the, you know, by Pam Brady who, and, and co-directed, I think, too. Or co-written by Pam Brady, who's like a South Park writer. There's some of that kind of stuff in there. But man, this movie's got, I mean, it's just like, you. it's such a stupid fucking movie with this stupid character that's so mm-hmm. relatable and like tragic and funny and it's just it's just really like it will surprise you with uh, the emotional depth that it will that it will stir in you steve so, coogan baby steve coogan love steve yeah, i watched trip to greece too which uh is also oh the first original trip is the best hands all, down but i'll watch yeah. them all i love the trips i love coogan all day i'm so yeah. glad you brought hamlet 2 up nobody ever talks about hamlet yeah, it's 2 so and it's good it's better than the first one <laughs> <laughs> i wish there was a hamlet 3 I really do. I do. I'm ready. Make a Hamlet I, 3. I'm, I'm into it. I think that's a great idea. Hamlet 2. I'm so wow. glad. I haven't watched it in a few years, but I used to watch it a ton. And Elizabeth Shue has like the whole like meta thing in there. So like she's Elizabeth Shue. And yeah, she's she plays like, herself. Yeah. It was like the first time we'd seen her in a while. So I don't know why I just did a Southern accent. So. I don't know yeah, why. I'm either. in the weeds. What? What is this like a, a sequel to Hamlet? I, I'm it's so a crying. joke. He's trying to make a sequel as a play. That's the thing. Like he's a teacher. He's a part-time drama. Yeah, he's teacher. a failed actor who's failed in a, actor. like in a, in a struggling. Like he's just like struggling in his home life. He's in a great herpes commercial. Hilarious, like, right? Um, he <laughs> fell into like uh, at, yeah, directing right. a student theater and like that's on the chopping block. So like his whole life is falling apart. And Catherine Keener, to, right? Catherine Keener and his like her most venomous, which is saying a lot. Uh, and it's Ooh. very much like a play on the dangerous minds kind of thing. Like he's going to save all these uh, like, yeah. Latino characters and that kind of stuff. And it's like, yeah. no, no, they're, they're going to save him. Yeah. They nip in the bud immediately. It's based in Arizona. It's very good, Eric. I was, I'd like to see how you feel about the film. I'm not wow. sure you'd like it. You know, I would hope tough you Tough on would. comedies. I know you are. Very tough. Great call, Travis. That was a top-notch call. What do you got, Eric? What's been cooking over in Griffith, Indiana this week? I had never seen Clueless until uh Are you days shitting ago. me? Are you shitting me? Yeah. <laughs> I had never seen Clueless. And I had I had Alicia Silverstone's picture all over my locker for like four years in a row. You're not joking. Uh, but but I had never joking. seen this movie. Yeah, I, wow. I'd never seen it. Um I, I really enjoyed it. Uh yeah. yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um I don't know Amy what else Hickling. to be said. Amy yeah, Heckerling. Amy Heckerling. She knows Paul, high school films. Yeah, Paul, Paul Rudd is like, the, I didn't really like his part that much. But uh, Josh, he's Josh in that movie. Yeah, I didn't Josh. really like that stuff. But like, I, Dan Hedaya is hilarious. Yeah, it was weird. Like, it's like, is this considered like a, like a, I don't like this term, I guess, but don't cancel me. Chick flick? Is it like, or is it like rom com? Laughs. Yeah, like chick flick, rom com. It's a comedy. Um, it's a straight it's, it's comedy. A comedy. Definitely yeah. not a rom com. Yeah, but like I, I even found myself enjoying comedy. like the the makeover stuff and like the jokes about like makeup. I I, I yeah. don't know. I, I just liked it. I thought it was funny and fresh. And they they don't make movies like that because there's no like real plot. It's just like her having fun and like doing all this stuff and like then it's over. Yeah. Uh, so I watch people that. hate rich people a lot more than they used to. So it might not come off as well now. But I see your point. Yeah, but that's yeah, a good yeah, thing. yeah. Um, then last <laughs> night I watched a, a must see. I think it came out last year. I had heard some rumors about it and some rumblings, and then I saw it, and my mind was blown. Okay, and you know me, it's, it takes a, it takes a lot to to blow me away. It was so good. Uh, Craig Zoller, he made Bone Tomahawk and mm-hmm. uh, Brawl in Cell Block '99. Yeah, his latest <laughs> film, Dragged Across Concrete. 
is so fucking good. Um, you got Mel Gibson, who and I was thinking, I don't think I've ever seen him this good in a movie. And there was wow. some cognitive dissonance in there because I'm like, the whole time I'm watching, I'm like, fuck, this guy's such like a, a like a, yeah. like a, yeah. so like subhuman animal. <laughs> but like now he's back in Hollywood and making movies, but he's so good in it. I mean, he's so good in it. Vince Vaughn is excellent. Don Johnson's in the house. Jennifer Carpenter in an unforgettable sequence. Huh. Um, and this guy, uh, Tori Kittles, he was in Get Rich or Die Trying. He's amazing in it. Okay, it's about these two cops who, you know, talk about your 2020, who, like, get caught, like, roughing up this person, and then they're in, in trouble, so they go out on their own to try to make some money. They're scumbag cops. You're not supposed to like them. <laughs> it's, like, two and a half hours long. It's laborious as Fuck, it's so boring sometimes. It's a good sell. But in a but in a really <laughs> good way. Okay. If like Michael Mann, Sidney Lumet, and Tarantino like came together and made a movie, this is exactly what it would be. Jeez. I cannot stop thinking That's about it. It's gritty, good. it's grimy. It's like Taylor Sheridan, like it reminds me of his films, like Keller High Water or Wind River. Really pouring it's, it on, it's dude. Fucking wow. awesome. You have I mean, to see other, it. His, his previous movies are really, really good. That Brawl and, Brawl and Sellback 99. What's the other one you said? I, I, yeah, Bone Tomahawk. Yeah, Bone Tomahawk. Tomahawk. Both those movies are really, really good. They're good, yeah. but this is this is so, remarkable. Right, it, it, it feels like it's from the 70s, and yet it feels contemporary. And it's just... It, like Margaret with the Wedding. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's just like Margaret with the Wedding. Oh, fuck. Exactly. Yeah, it's got that going on, but I'm telling you guys... You have to see this movie and support it because it made nothing in theaters and no one's talking oh. about it. And it's, it's, it's amazing. All right. That's not cool. I'll watch it. It was already on is my radar. Yeah. It was already on his radar, folks. Eric, is that it? Is that uh, your recommendations? I mean, you sold it. Whatever happened? I don't undersold it, to be honest with man. Yeah. Yeah, whatever uh, happened there? Cause uh, I don't, I don't know. She did Batgirl and then, you know, yeah, it was over after that. Yeah, she had the crush. She had a crush on Carrie Elways. Maybe that has something I remember. To Love the crush. The babysitter. Yep. Then it was over. <laughs> yeah, we miss you, Alicia. Alicia. She was in the lodge. Alicia. She was in the lodge. Yep. For a few she minutes. Was really good in it, too. Really, really good. good. Two minutes. Brief sequence, yeah. There you go. See, she's still alive. Good for okay. her. Uh, you know, I honestly, I have been so busy. I didn't watch almost a damn thing it's unbelievable oh, besides watching margot the wedding i wow. haven't had time it's oh, kind of a jesus it's shocking like i always have time but the time is gone now i've been so consumed with my new ventures and stuff but I, the only thing i can think of that i watched this is dead serious was uh i went on youtube and started what? watching the failed tv show <laughs> that 80s show i watched every oh. episode of it there's 13 right. episodes of it <laughs> Okay. I, I Who watched stars? the whole thing. Is it, uh, was it worth it? It actually is. I think it was. It just got a bad break. It's definitely like totally over 80s, and I like that because I'm down with that. I like the Goldbergs. Yeah, I, I think th I haven't seen the Goldbergs, but I know that right. people say that's been done better. But I just think this movie got a bad. I mean, this movie got a, this movie. It's not a film or a movie. That's what we talk about on the show. I'm Man. violating the rules by talking Fucking about the only thing dude. I watched. Show. I know. But it's got Glenn Howerton. He's the main star of oh, uh, you know, he's good. Dennis Reynolds, Reynolds fame. Dennis Reynolds. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. It's hard to see him as not being Dennis Reynolds because he's got like longer hair and stuff. It's weird. And it's a, 
you know, it's a little fun thing to do if you want to just be like, oh, whatever happened to the show? All the episodes are free on YouTube, so you could go on there and blow through it and binge it in a day. They're half hour long. So, All right. And I will also remind everybody listening that, uh, again, we have uh, copious reviews that we put up on our Instagram page. Uh, one, I have a heartfelt tender review that i gave for uh the documentary uh once we're brothers about the band for instance i'd say you know check out that movie as well and check I thought out you don't band. watch documentaries uh i'll watch anything about the band oh, okay yeah yeah that robbie robertson was behind that one there's a whole yeah, story there's there, a bias. But whatever. there's a bias there's a bias yeah. but it's still a good movie really good okay wow well next week we have a special guest host just like johnny carson eric brantrum is going to be living it up where in beautiful michigan's upper peninsula oh, mm. the up yeah gorgeous yeah, up there. yeah that is a lovely area we're gonna miss part. you we're gonna carry on without eric next week and what we're gonna do is have on a familiar guest host named luke horlbeck hey, he's back. coming back and if you love Vanilla Sky, <laughs> <laughs> if that's your favorite episode, you're going to hate Luke Horlbeck. <laughs> <laughs> no, Eric, Luke will be here for Eric. Eric will be off next week. Me and Travis will be here with Luke. And we're going to talk about 2010's The Other Guys, a comedy. This choice really surprised me coming the from The Other Luke. Guys. I was almost like, are you sure you didn't mean The Nice Guys? Like, <laughs> I love um, The Nice Guys. Yeah, The Nice Guys is great. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Like, Luke, you serious? I thought he'd have like Fitz Caraldo or something like this that. This guy makes sure. me listen, makes me watch, that makes, he doesn't hold a gun to my head, but he recommends like nothing but stuff from the 70s to me. Yeah. So I was really surprised that, uh, that we're doing The Other Guys. But uh, yeah, that's what we're doing. He just did it for the moment. I told him he could take more time, but he thought about it for a second. He wanted to do maybe Gremlins or Rounders, but uh, he stuck with oh, the other guys. So he kind of threw us, he threw us for a curveball. He's got a strong feeling for this film, and I haven't all seen right. it since it came out. So I'll I'll look forward to checking it out again. Hell, Eric, you should watch it too, so you can check in and send us an email. Oh, there you go. I've never seen it. Yeah, um, good idea. I remember he would not stop talking about McCabe and Miss Miller. So make sure you ask him about that. Talk <laughs> okay. your ear off. <laughs> we will do that we're gonna miss you next week my friend uh, stay safe up there and don't forget you can email the show cinnamonipod at protonmail.com you can also listen to us on apple Podcasts, and spotify google play apple Podcasts are where you can rate us with five count them five stars that would be lovely makes a difference for the show and yes, shows us that. that we have support and we yeah. love to have support we'll support you you got something you're doing email us we'll support you we really will Cinnamon iPod on Instagram, Cinnamon iPod on Twitter, Cinnamon iPod everywhere. We had a great time. Thanks for listening to the show. Next week, special guest host, the other guys. That's it. That's it. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye.